0: Welcome to another Seattle Seahawk Extra Point Podcast. We sure appreciate you guys being a part of this whole thing. Without you, it just wouldn't be as fun. And we got some fun coming for you today. We're going to be talking about the game with the Panthers. It was a good win. It happened in the very last moments of the game. got I tell you, that was a must-win game. Game against the Panthers when you think about it. You know, if we are head to head with the Panthers going into looking for a wild card berth, at least now we've got the upper hand. We go to six and five. There were a lot of takeaways from this game, so let's get right to it. If you were looking at the running game and thinking to yourself, you know, we really need to accentuate that running game, it Seemed like when you took a look at the game, you were thinking to yourself, okay, well, where's the running game? Where's Chris Carson? What's going on here? Turns out it was pretty much an even split, although I think probably a couple, two or three more passes than runs in this game. But uh, Bo 50, your take on the game. Yeah, you know,
1: it's trying to call Chris Carson the lead back in the backfield and, right. and stop doing this nonsense about back by committee. I love me some Mike Davis, but it's time to stop giving Rashad Penny the carries. Now, we got a nice kind of easy home stretch here coming up, which is fantastic. And I'm not saying don't give the kid any carries, especially in a little bit softer opponents and stuff like the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. But the Canthers, are you kidding me? Four carries for an average of one yard a carry. And it's between the tackles where the kid hasn't shown any propensity to run well. So I, I don't know. That part blows my mind. Of course, I'm excited that we came out with a win. That at the end of the day, makes all the 12s super stoked. And the fact that we did it, You know, against the Panthers at the Panthers, that, you know, that's saying something about these boys in Seattle. You know, they're just not ready to give up on any game ever, which is fantastic. It's always great to see the Twelves and the Chickens from Seattle always be competitive and not give up on any game ever, especially something as tough as that one in Carolina. But for crying out loud, can we stop doing that shit in the end of the game? Seriously.
0: Well, particularly when you're playing against a tough opponent like that, and particularly when there was so much on the line. I mean, you know, you got to have the tiebreaker if you're going into a wild card berth. I mean, you know, we find ourselves at this point, and okay, you know, we got five losses, and we do, we just have to deal with that. But uh, no, I'm with you, and and you know, penny between the tackles right now, that's just not working. So you know, quit trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Wait until at some point you got that figured out. Yeah,
1: but you know who is working is Chris Carson through Bingo. the tackles. and if he needs a blow. Mike Davis is working between the tackles. I mean, Chris Carson, you mean, that flip that he did in this game <laughs> is going to be the wow. highlight on every freaking show for the next week and a half. Forever. I mean, seriously, the guy lands a full flip in the middle of a game. It just goes to show and illustrate the fact that chris Carson does not give up on any run at all he He's is just the, looking for
0: everything he is the freaking energizer bunny he just keeps going and you know he keeps those legs moving and a lot of times you see him okay well he stopped another two yards another two yards what is he like uh, second or third or something like that in the entire NFL for yards after contact
1: third I think behind only uh forgot was it Royce Freeman and uh old big boy there and To see,
0: well, well, the real takeaway is, yeah, yeah, Derrick Henry. But the takeaway is he's ahead of Saquon Barkley,
1: yeah, and you can't say enough. Saquon Barkley is doing a great job in the NFL his rookie season. Chris Carson is doing better than that after contact. And it for crying out loud, I mean, get that boy 20 to 25 carries minimum a game. It it stop doing this crap with Penny and you know, trying to see who's hot. Chris Carson's hot, okay? Chris Carson's hot this season. Just kept keep feeding him the rock. And I got to get to it because <laughs> everybody is on Russell Wilson. I mean, I get the stat line is incredible, but not only did he miss, you know, several throws, not just a couple, but several throws that would have changed the dynamic of the entire game, but you know, for all this like quote dropping it and dropping dimes, I didn't see I saw okay, I saw maybe one dime dropped, and it wasn't that touchdown to, D- to David Moore, okay? David Moore had to choke that shit up and, and make a play on the ball, and he did. He did a hell of a job. That Tyler Lockett thing, yeah, that only came because Tyler Lockett was making some shit work. It wasn't Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was back there h- happy holding onto to the ball, hoping to get another sack or something. I don't know what the shit he's doing, <laughs> but it's pissing me off. I mean, the team... Is doing good in spite of what Russell Wilson's doing, in my my opinion.
0: Well, the bottom line on the Lockett thing was that Lockett had to choke it back; he had to slow down. You know, I mean, if he if Wilson would have thrown it, you know, like about two yards longer. Lockett's one of the fastest guys on the field. He's going to get there, all right? That's, I think, the takeaway. And when you look at that and, and saying that Wilson dropped that right in where it needed to be, that wasn't the case. The case was that Lockett slowed down and made one hell of a grab. And once you start to look, you find
1: yourself looking at the, you know, the, where the ball's being thrown. He missed a wide-open Doug Baldwin in the end zone. I mean, Doug Baldwin couldn't have been more wide-open. Everybody saw that and, you know, misses again. And there's several throws throughout the game that, you know, at receivers' feet, over the head of Van Nett. I mean, just, I mean, crap. I mean, seriously, crap. And I get it. Like, he finishes the game with, like, a 123 passer rating, and everybody wants to jump up and down. But receivers are making plays in spite of where the ball is being thrown, not because of where the ball's being thrown.
0: And I think that one of the things that really uh, speaks to that is is when you when you see the faces and the body language of the receivers, you see that there's some frustration going on out there.
1: Yeah, especially in Doug Baldwin. I mean, you see Doug after he gets off, off the turf and Russell Wilson throws way over his head, Doug does everything he can and still can't get that thing to come down in the end zone. Doug Baldwin got up hot. With good reason, man. Because yeah, there was a bunch of throws that Russell Wilson that could have changed the game. There was, you know, a you know a rollout where Russell is looking deep, and you know the intermediate is wide open, and a constant barrage of crap like that, where you could get the game considerably, the pace going considerably better, and not have to do this bullshit in the final two minutes of the game where everybody's dick is in their throat, and you know they can't you know breathe right because we're busy saying prayers trying to win a game. We don't need to do that, man. We, the offense was doing enough as a team. Russell Wilson was really kind of
0: boning some stuff up. And the extra point there is exactly that, is, is that, you know, as we go forward and we have expectations and hope that we're going to make it into the playoffs, the competition is not going to get any less. It's going to get a whole lot more. And when you've got opportunities to get up another touchdown instead of getting a three-point field goal, that dog not gonna hunt going forward so time to get that stuff taken care of now
1: i know that we're looking down the barrel of a you know nice stretch of arizona and san francisco but there's a little smattering of minnesota in there as well and minnesota is going to be playing their little tookuses off because they're kind of in a similar position as we are and by they're in the nfc as well so you know that's an important game that we got coming up and like you said, the comp- level of competition is only going to go up from here uh, as we get into the postseason. And missing those kinds of opportunities, you can't do that in the playoffs, And it, it's certainly if you're not going to make a deep playoff run. And the other extra point, this all, all this whole conversation, I guess major frustration for me on the Russell Wilson front is that he's in a contract negotiation year, and everybody knows what he's going to come looking for. I, I'm just hoping and praying to God that that doesn't happen because Russell Wilson isn't showing me $32 million a year. In my mind, $20 million at this point is kind of a stretch. And then everybody's going to point at the stats and everything, but the feel for it on the field test is just not there for me.
0: Well, the offensive line did a great job for all the dancing around and looking for somebody to throw the ball to and looking off people who are wide open. Offensive line has really come to play, and a point that you made recently was that all of that Valderall that everybody was talking about early season about the offensive line was really just a bunch of garbage. And now all of a sudden the uh, conversation has changed considerably, not only with regard to that, but the defense who, you know, at one point uh, national media was saying the legion of whom. And all of a sudden, they're the ones that kind of pretty much kept us in this game this past week against the Panthers.
1: That offensive line is playing really, really good team offensive line ball. And you can't say enough for those boys. I mean, they're opening up gigantic holes for running backs to run through. Uh, Chris Carson is you know making the most of those opportunities. Mike Davis is making the most of those opportunities. It's a lot of fun to watch, man. And those guys are blocking their asses off for a guy who's hanging onto the ball entirely way too long. He may come under pressure, but it's coming you know after that kind of three and a half second mark, which is kind of industry standard for the NFL for when a quarterback should be getting rid of the ball. So I'm okay with you know some of the pressure that Russell feels because that's on Russell, not. Certainly not off on the offensive line, and they're doing a hell of a job. Then you move over to the defensive side of the ball, and holy crap, man! Those guys are playing like their hairs on fire, and you know some of those guys don't even have hair. So it's just (laughs) it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, they're really kind of playing that Seattle style ball that we kind of expect. You know, they're hitting them hard across the middle and hitting them hard and just smacking them in the mouth when they come trying to run the ball between the tackles. And then they really, really crank down once you get into that red zone. To have a team like the Panthers, you know, have to settle for field goals and not convert on fourth down deep in the red zone, ah, man, that was great stuff to watch.
0: Talk about McCaffrey because I think, you know, uh, number one McCaffrey, heck of a ball player, but giving up so many yards on the ground, I don't know, that that was a little concerning, particularly when you're looking about going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, you know, there's several uh, running backs, and, you know, specifically, you got to point to Todd Gurley because if you're going to go to the big one, you got to go through Todd Gurley. So you, I kind of looked at this game, and, you know, I'm disappointed as well that they allowed some of the yards to McCaffrey, McCaffrey, albeit being a great athlete. But I think that what they did was they took away the Cam Newton factor and just said, you know, we'll let McCaffrey do some things, but we're not going to let Cam beat us. And Cam certainly didn't. He wasn't given the opportunity to really take off. I mean, he did once during the game, but that was about it. You know, and he made an effort at the goal line, and you know, wasn't able to do it. I mean, there's some positives there, and you know, but going forward, we gotta we gotta stop giving those big yards and big chunk plays to guys and and really start to really get that, that defense tightened up before we get into the red zone. And I think we'll see it, I really do, because we've seen improvement every week. I also yeah. think that Trey Flowers and Shaq are going to start breaking on some stuff that uh, they haven't said to this point. Um but they're man, they are so close. They are so, they're they're like half a step away. You can see you kind of uh, with, specifically with Trey Flowers, I've been watching him pretty closely this game and there were several instances that it's kind of you can kind of see the wheels in Trey's mind spinning and he's like, "Ah, I should probably break on this. I should probably break on this." And by the time he decided to, you know, the ball's out and it's too late. But I don't know, man. I think he's probably two games away from getting himself a nice a real nice break on the ball and getting getting himself a pick.
0: And to a point that you made before, you know, some of the breaks on the ball that we saw in years past were because guys had confidence in what was behind them. And I think that as uh, Trey and Shaq begin to get more confidence in McDougal behind them, they'll take advantage of those and make that break on the ball to try and get the pick.
1: Yeah, you know, really really got to be confident with McDougal and the back side. But, you know, also it, it we're getting to that point in the season where I, I fully believe it's time for the Seattle Seahawks to make the change with Shaquin Griffin. Uh, Queen needs to be moved into that backside of that defense and, you know, really start to turn into that Cam Chancellor going forward because Tedrick's been playing solid for us, but we need something just a little bit more out of that position. And uh, I think he's on the roster. He's just been in the run spot.
0: Well, and to your point on that, just watch him in special teams play. He's typically one of the first guys down the field. Okay, upcoming, we've got this homestand. And uh, what do you see coming up this next week? This is
1: the section of the schedule that we've all been looking forward to. You're looking down the barrels from, you know, Arizona and some San Francisco. And you don't want to overlook anybody because they're always going to come into Seattle and try to play it tough. But this is a great opportunity for Seattle to get back to the basics, get back to the run game, get some guys healthy, maybe get some of those rookies in some playing time and get some guys some experience. Because going forward, we're going to need that depth and that experience. We're going to make a deep playoff run. And that's what I think that Pete and John are really going to be looking at in the coaching staff as a whole, trying to get those guys some experience. So when we do make that wild card spot, you know, we can really push everybody hard. And, you know, if somebody's got to come out to take a blow because they got nicked up, you know, we don't lose a stuff. So, I think it's easy to look at a single game and say, yeah, Arizona, you know, David Johnson, and I don't even know what's going on in San Francisco anymore. And I mean, that that is an injury-riddled domestic violence smattering. And did you see that Roquan Smith got arrested for the domestic violence and, you know, booted from the team? I mean, that guy's a first-round draft pick, but they were planning on building a defense around that, so... You know, there's some significant problems happening in the couple teams that we're going to be playing quite a bit over the next few weeks. So I wouldn't want to say that I'm overlooking them, but they're soft opponents to me in my mind. So looking forward to being able to get a couple W's and get some guys healthy and get some good experience. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch what they do.
0: Well, here's what we've got coming up. We've got San Francisco next, then the Minnesota Vikings, then the uh, San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. And then uh, back home again for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, we uh, wrap things up with the Arizona Cardinals back in Seattle. So when you look at that, what you think to yourself is, okay, we can probably clean up San Francisco, whether it's at home or in San Francisco. Minnesota's going to be a little bit of a tough one. It is Monday Night Football, and it is in Seattle. So now you get got some crazy 12s on Monday Night Football. That should be a really good one. Kansas City, Uh, You know, after that Kansas City and L.A. Rams game, I don't know. I'll give it to you. Mahomes is kind of scary, but I think it looks like something the Seattle Seahawks can take care of. And the reason is is because Mahomes can get rattled if you put a little bit of pressure on him, maybe a lot of pressure on him. And and we've talked about pressure a lot.
1: Yeah, I would love to see them dial up some pressure in those games, specifically against Mahomes. You know, Minnesota probably dial up the pressure a little bit as well. But, yeah, Mahomes, I would love to see Ken Norton dial up a lot more pressure than we have uh, thus far, Uh, really put some pressure and crank that win out. That would be a good one. The other thing is that Seattle needs to do, You need to do what we've been talking about and what we've been jumping up on stumps about. Run the ball. Yeah, run the damn ball and keep Mahomes off the field. I mean, that is the number one scoring offense in the NFL or number two right behind L.A. And there's a reason why you don't want them on the field because – they score a lot of freaking points. Let's just keep them up the field let's just run it down their throat.
0: This is the official podcast of the Seattle com website Seattle Hawk Talk Extra Point podcast. Thanks for joining us.